0: You're listening to the Money Train Sports Betting Podcast. Now, here are your degenerate hosts, Derek Timmons and Uncle Chet.
1: Yeah, baby. Welcome into another episode of the Money Train Betting Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Timmons, and your co-host is yours always, Uncle Chet. We finally get to talk about week one betting lines and totals and whatnot. Are you excited to grind out a profit this weekend? Yeah, I just found
0: out wrestling wasn't real, so this week's been horrible. Um, But yeah, nonetheless, uh, (laughs) let's grind out some winners, man. I've been at a uh, local uh, dive bar here in Concord, and I uh, pretty much ran out of ink. So let's uh, let's make it happen.
1: (laughs) yeah so I mean we may got we may have some new listeners that are new to the sports betting world. Um, this may be their first season betting college football and coincidentally NFL. Uh, do you have any tips for them you like to use? What was that? Do you have any betting tips you like to use or share with our listeners for the new new ones that may be new to sports betting? I think that
0: far too often uh, early on, I think that uh, bettors like to overthink. And I truly think that at the end of the day, just, you know, stay grounded in your handicapping and just really use logic. And I think that when you begin to bet with logic, I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, There's a lot of games that are really mispriced this week. So, you know, don't don't jump too hard on power rankings. I think that power rankings have essentially, you know, fewer weeks of data and just uh, completely ignore those and really just, you know, really pay attention to the uh, the offseason happenings. Coaching changes, transfers—that sh- that stuff should really drive your data.
1: Yeah, I, I know you're a big fan of hedging, especially live bets. I know you like to find a middle ground. Do you want to go in detail on that or you want to keep that to yourself?
0: <laughs> in terms of hedging, yeah, I mean, I think that hedging is is essentially great for you know season long bets, and uh, I think that long you know long term, if you have some uh, some win totals down the road. They can be very helpful, but, but by and large, I think they should be used sparingly. And uh, this week is a, a completely different monster. I think week one or week zero, whatever you want to call it, is without a doubt the hardest week in college football.
1: Absolutely, I know. I, myself, I like to um, a a tip. I like to share. I like to do a lot of live betting. Like I like to find the the big favorites going into the into the weekend. And if they fall behind a touchdown or two touchdowns, and I still think they have a strong chance to win, if you get the live bet, you might get that point that point spread like a touchdown or ten points less than what what it normally was was before the game. And so I kinda get a little bit of value there. So that's one of the tips I like to use. Um Yeah, and in regards to the first couple weeks of the season, I only have like five games I like out of the entire card. Uh, this weekend, cause I like to, in the first couple weeks of the season, I like to kind of pick my spots until I get a feel for these teams and feel for how the season's gonna flow. And when it gets into the middle middle weeks of the season, later in the season, then I tend to get, I like to get more aggressive and and take more chances with my bets. But but sure enough, like the first month of the season, I definitely like to like to pick my spots so I get the feel for it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you in terms of uh, obviously, you know, taking one week at a time. I think if you're really, um, you're a really sharp better and you want to play the long game, I think the best thing you can do is look at, you know, for example, week one bets have been out a long time. Um, people have been moving, yeah, people have been moving a lot of lines for the last six to eight weeks. You're looking at returning starters, you're looking at lines that have been out for a couple weeks. Essentially, look at those lines the market will tell you what they think of those teams for example the market likes Utah you look at the you look at that line that's been moved it's a of road it's a road favorite that's been pushed uh, you look at Ohio State that's a road favorite that's been pushed these lines are not overnight lines you look at LSU they're playing in basically a torrential downtour so the the, uh, the market will tell you what they think of those teams over the course of you know X amount of weeks three to four weeks so um, the market will tell you what they think of these teams. You just have to listen to them. So I, I think there's a lot of data that's indicating where teams will be at the end of the year.
1: Absolutely. All right. Let's get into into these games here. First game on my list. I have Cincinnati at Arkansas. Um, it's it's not it's not it's old news, you know. Cincinnati lost a lot. They lost Ritter, Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce to the NFL, and they also lost uh, the star cornerback Sauce Gardner to the NFL as well. Uh, they do bring down a great offensive line. They do have depth on the front seven. Most um, of the other wide receiver courts are turning, and they have LSU transfer Corey Kiner to rotate in with Brian Montgomery in that running game. Uh, so this is definitely a different Cincinnati team for Luke Fickle. Um, who's going to be starting at quarterback? I don't know. It's either Evan Prater or Ben Bryant. Uh, Luke Vickle says he knows who the starter is, but he's not ready to announce it until game day, so that remains to be seen. I only really t- tend to like backing backing teams with questions at quarterback, but I will be backing one later in this episode. We'll get into that later. But I'm fading since seeing this game. I really like Arkansas. They were one of the surprising teams last year, especially in the NS in the SEC um, they've they feature a dominant running game which led to which which led to conference last season rushing uh KJ Jefferson kind of turned to a star last season and he has another weapon to throw to an Oklahoma transfer Jaden Hasselwood. make no mistake about it this Arkansas team definitely likes to run on the running game and and they will grind it out of victory and I like the Arkansas uh, six point favorite here, and I'm definitely willing to lay those points here, and I'm 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 taking Arkansas minus six here in this game. And he uh retooled Cincinnati team with Luke Fickle. Do you have any thoughts on this game?
0: No, so Derek, uh, let me ask you this question. So you could line up Cincinnati with every single player they had last week, the phenomenal roster they had, the phenomenal secondary they had. Yeah, the team that couldn't quite play with the SEC last year. Anyway, so long story short, right? You take that roster and you send to Fayetteville with this year's squad. What do you make the line?
1: Facing Arkansas?
0: Yep. In Ar- in Fayetteville.
1: I would put Cincinnati like a three, four point favorite.
0: Okay. So with all you know now with a first year your first year quarterback. A secondary that's completely depleted, and they basically return to American Athletic standards. How is this line anywhere? Is this line begging you? Absolutely begging you to take Cincinnati. Am I wrong here? Uh,
1: I think it might be. I think well, Arkansas is a little undervalued here.
0: I completely agree. And, and, and you know, full disclosure, I am a Sam Pittman fanboy. Along with Matt Ryan, I think we established that last week, but Arkansas, so Arkansas returns 12 of 22 starters. Those 22 starters. Those, uh, those 22 starters here. Those are those, uh, those essentially those Arkansas starters are battle tested their mother approved. So 12 starters returning, K.J. Jefferson being the most of them. Cincinnati's returning is basically starting two quarterbacks. They have a two-quarterback system. So if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. So uh, Cincinnati loses. Okay, so Arkansas returns 12 of 22 starters. These aren't starters that are playing against, you know, Stanislaus State, where I went to college. These are guys who are battle-tested. And and quite frankly, I just got this uh, hot off the press box from my uh, from my esteemed colleague here. We have two start. We have two potential guys battling it out for quarterback in Cincinnati: Trader or Bryant. Guess what? Bryant seems to be the uh, the guy leading the competition. But guess what? When you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. So I uh, yeah, I think that Cincinnati is in a huge transition year. They've lost the two most influential players in their secondary, which really define their team. I, you know, Stan Pittman's my favorite, you know, head coach in college football. This line is begging you, begging you to grab Cincinnati. They're praying with a bunch of new gamblers to uh, to basically grab the team that made last year's college football playoff. And uh, last year, if you look at Cincinnati, if you look at Cincinnati, essentially. They were a team that thrived on turnover margin because of the fact that Desmond Ritter was their head, you know, their quarterback. He was now Smith type. That's not going to happen this year. They have a, a brand new head, the brand new quarterback. He's going to go on the road to Fayetteville, and I think this is going to be a bad spot for them. I think Cincinnati's okay. going to get absolutely blown out of the water.
1: Absolutely, I agree with you on that. Was this one of the games on your list?
0: One thousand Yeah, as an SEC fan, I think. I'll tell you this. Uh, Arkansas is essentially a team that I don't want to play. Um, I don't care if you're 13-0 or 0-13. Arkansas is going to play as hard as they possibly can, uh, regardless of what's going on. I think Arkansas is a bad team. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play them, regardless of your record.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, so what's the next? All right, next up on our list is Oregon at, against Georgia. I'm going to go ahead and hand this off to Uncle Chet here. He's got a... Chuck of information for you guys. Take it away.
0: All right, guys. So if you've ever heard of Bo Nix, um, I would uh, avoid him at all costs. So uh, long story short, Bo Nix has been the, uh, the quote starting quarterback at Auburn. He's basically the uh, Jaden Smith of, uh, of NFL <laughs> or college quarterback. <laughs> but long story short, guys, this is considered a neutral uh, side game, but really it isn't uh, long story short. This game is in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oregon's crossing three time zones to be there, so right away they're at a disadvantage. Uh, pro Football Focus has this at twenty-one and a half, uh, whereas the Lions actually seventeen. So you're getting quite a bit of value with Georgia. Uh, again, Bo Nix is absolutely terrible. Uh, Georgia has a ton of familiarity with him. and uh, quite frankly, I, I you know as a as an Auburn fan, I wouldn't want to be holding a, any any ticket that's correlated at all to Bo Nix. Uh, but long story short, so Dan Manning, who is the previous defensive coordinator with Georgia, who has national title under his belt, he took the Oregon job this offseason, and uh, basically he he uh, he's going to take the, uh, the Pac-12 off Storm. However, I think that uh, Georgia has a lot of familiarity with him. We have a lot of new players who are coming in, and a lot of players who Dan Manning really doesn't have a lot of continuity with. He doesn't really understand. And after Georgia essentially ran roughshod over the SEC last year, I think this is a big spot for them. I think they have a lot of young players who want to, you know, make a name for themselves. And and quite frankly, I think this this line is begging you to take Oregon. I wouldn't be caught dead uh, holding an Oregon ticket. So give me uh, give me give me Georgia minus seventeen. I know it's a big number and and quite frankly a standalone primetime game, but. I think Georgia runs uh, runs rock shot. They've got a, a ton of continuity on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, quite frankly, I think Georgia wins by at least thirty here.
1: I agree. I mean, a lot of people are pointing to Oregon going to Ohio State and beating them last season at the horseshoe, but Georgia's is a whole different animal. I know they lost a lot of uh, talent to the NFL, but they they still have a, a ton of talent, even on that defense. Um, you you hit it right on it. Right right. You know what it says on my on my on my notes here about Bo Nix. All all I put down is Bo Nix sucks. <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Um,
0: yeah, Bo Bo Nix couldn't uh, basically couldn't catch a cold. So yeah, he uh, he's the whore, he's the, he's without a doubt the single worst Auburn. Listen guys, I don't shit on a lot of players. I tend to be more positive. I'm a yes man. Uh, but at the end of the day, but but at the end of the day, Bo Nix is without a doubt the single worst quarterback I've ever had. Yeah, he's horrible. Long story short, he's uh, he was basically given the Auburn quarterback spot because of his father Patrick Nix. Patrick Nix was even more average than Bo. I'm not quite sure what happened, but long story short, uh, Bo should have never been a starter at Auburn, and uh, he shouldn't be a starter really at anyone. Um, he shouldn't be a starter in Arkansas State. So, uh, long story short, fade Bo Nix. He's absolutely atrocious. Um, and when he's at Modesto Junior College in two weeks, I would I definitely fade him if he could find a line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One other note I want to add here is <laughs> uh, can you remember the last time a championship-winning quarterback returned to the same program? It hasn't been that long ago if you think about it, but it's just noteworthy in my opinion. Can you name the last one? Just a little trivia. Uh, the last quarterback to win uh, to return from national champion? Yeah, to return after winning a national championship.
0: Uh, Tim
1: Tebow. Uh, no, actually, is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, wow. But before that, it was Tim Tebow. So it doesn't happen all that. It doesn't happen all that often. It has happened somewhat recently with Trevor Lawrence, but. So yeah,
0: Stenson Bennett, Bennett just did my taxes at Jackson Hewitt. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. He's still working at Walmart. That's really cool.
1: I mean, he's. He, he, I'm not comparing him to, to Trevor Lawrence or, or or Tim Tebow because he's not up there talent-wise, but he clearly has the experience and the success. And a quarterback returning after winning the championship doesn't happen all that well. So, I mean, that is definitely a positive for Georgia. Going into the season, all right. What's the next game up on your list here, buddy? All right, let's uh,
0: let's go ahead and go over to. Have we covered Utah at Florida yet?
1: No, and that's actually the next game on my list too.
0: <laughs> it, so, without a doubt, the most uh, the most bizarre game of the year.
1: I think I think you and I are going to disagree on this one.
0: Okay, so let me go ahead and give you some bullet points here, right? So, long story short, I think everyone immediately is going to look at the, you know, the SEC, the physical, domin- the physical dominance of the SEC. Uh, but long story short, uh, you know, Billy Napier is taking over his first year in game still. And, uh, you know, I think the Gators over the next five years are going to be phenomenal. I really do. But you really want to step in the front of a freight train in your first home game against a potential Power four teams. I think this is a horrible matchup. I really do. I think. I think Billy Napier is literally already on Indeed looking at uh, manager jobs in the uh, the game play area. He's probably looking at Party 3. But anyway, um, yeah. So you've got Utah returning what seventeen, 17 or seventeen twenty two starters. And I and I really was in. And actually, you you uh, you picked Utah to, to crash their college football playoff. So yeah. Um, yeah. Utah has 17 returning starters. They have a realistic chance to to crash a college football playoff. So they have a tough road, um, but realistically, if you look at Utah's schedule, they don't necessarily have a very tough schedule in terms of road tests, right? So this is a big game for them. I think they've been planning all year. I think Utah is a phenomenal team. Again, with were 17 returning starters, Kyle Whittingham being a top three coach in college football, and I think Billy Napier really being kind of, fighting an uphill battle. I, I think this is, can be a really big mismatch. The, uh, the line opened up at two Utah is up at, uh, I, I believe three and a half. Now, if you can get Utah, it's under a field goal. I think it's a great matchup. I don't necessarily think the average age of Utah, considering they're Mormons. They, uh, they do missions. I really don't think this is going to be in a hostile environment for them. Any other college kids. I think this could be a problem. Utah. Not necessarily. So, I think uh, Utah minus two and a half with college football, uh, you know, implications on the mind. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to quote fuck with Utah this weekend. So, late, uh, late under a field goal with
1: Utah. Okay. okay. Well, we, we agree, and we also disagree. I'm not wanting to uh, mess around with those points, but, but I'm. I'm gonna be taking Utah money line. Uh, consensus is minus one forty five. Uh, yeah, you hit a lot of it already. I have all my notes here. Um, you know, Utah. They have they had the fourth best pass protection in the in the nation last season, and they they average two hundred seventeen rushing yards per game. Um, that rushing attack is going to be just as good. Offensive line is going to be just as good. Um, Kevin Rising is returns as starting quarterback. Um, they they bring back their leading receiver Dalton Kincaid, um, uh, with eight touchdowns he had last year, and then they leading receiver brant kuth is back as well so yeah they they're definitely bringing back a lot of continuity with that utah team this is a team that definitely has college football aspirations and they do this will be a tough this will be a tough test road test to open the season but i think they get the job done here and walk away with the victory Um, the whole field for in gainesville should should help the gators stay in it that's why i don't really want to mess around with those points um, I could definitely see Utah winning by one point. I could see them winning by three and covering or four and covering, depending on what you got, but I don't want to take my chances. I'd rather just play it safe. Um, I just like Utah defense should slow down the Gators offense just enough in a rushing tack, and Kevin Rising sh- will be too much for his Gator defense. That's that's definitely an experience and lost a couple pieces in the offseason. So, yeah, give me Utah money line here. Um, next game on my list, I ha- I don't know if you have this on your list, Uncle Chip, but I got Boise State at Oregon State. This is this is a very interesting matchup to myself here. Uh, Hank Bachmeier returns. We spoke about him previously in our college football preview. Uh, he's, he's a solid quarterback. He's The passing attack is going to be solid. Running game, not so much. They are 110th in the nation last year. This year doesn't figure to be much better. Their defense is solid, though. Um, Oregon State, they're still a work in progress. They run a balanced offense. Um, I look for, I think Boise State's going to be able to get a turnover or two. Um, I really like Boise State plus three in this game. Do you have any thoughts on this one? Long story short, I, I,
0: I truly think that uh, the Oregon State program is in the right direction. I, uh, I had absolutely no effing opinion on this game. I am actually curious what you have to say about this. Stuff.
1: Yeah, um, that's pretty much all I had to say. I mean, this is going to be a tough win to t- make a Boise State could win for myself because I'm a Federal State fan in the Mountain West, and Federal State is going to be competing with Boise State for that Mountain West title, but... I just don't. I think Boise State's far and not not quite far and away, but they're definitely the better team, more sound team. It's more experience. And I think Hawk, Hank Bachmeyer is going to push them over the top and win this, vict, win this game here and start off the season one. I know. What's the next game on your list here? I actually want to talk
0: about the, uh, the Ohio State Notre Dame
1: game. Okay. I figured you would. I, I don't really have any thoughts on that game myself. I'm. That's more of a fake, right. but where
0: do you want to go? Let me pull up my notes. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> cool. All right. All right, so we need my esteemed colleague here. Uh, long story short, so TFS has this game at minus 11, Ohio State. So when we begin to examine that, like, why is the line so low? Right? So we have a ton, an absolute ton of, A, coaching changes from the Notre Dame we have a brand new quarterback, along with a ton of brand new offensive pieces, as well as we have a couple of receivers who have left for the NFL for our state. so there's a lot of, absolutely a ton of, of uh of moving pieces. But long story short, uh Jim Knowles, as many of you don't know, was the uh the, the defensive coordinator from oklahoma state he was uh, he was my darling from last year. I think he's quite possibly the best defensive coordinator in all of college football. He decided inexplicably to take the uh, the Ohio State defensive coordinator job—a lateral move, which I'm not quite sure I understand why. But long story short, after a defensive meltdown against Michigan State, you have to think that the off season was all about defense. So, you know, Jim Knowles comes in, and uh, long story short, Stroud and the Jigba come back, and I truly think. Oh, it's a revenge tour, without a doubt. I think Ohio State, after getting blasted on national television, go ahead and uh, hold out your uh, all your three, uh, your index finger, your middle finger, your middle finger, and your pinky, and then only hold up your middle finger, and that's called the revenge tour. And that's a big middle finger to the rest of NTA, and that's what, uh, that's what Ohio State's going to do this year. I think this is the fuck you tour. We're going to go ahead and name it. The fuck you tour. I think Ohio State's mad. I think they're embarrassed, and I think this is the perfect storm, and Michigan State's never going to, or sorry, Michigan is never going to do this again. So long story short, I think there's a problem for the rest of uh, Big Ten. I think Ohio State's pissed off. You got C.J. Stroud. You got jigla back. But let's talk about Notre Dame. They've got a guy named Tyler Buckner who's taking over the snaps for Notre Dame, He's going on the road for his first collegiate start. Guys, can we get this guy an army blanket? Can we throw it over him and like tell him like we love him, we really care about him? Because after this, after this, everything's going to get better. This start is going to be a problem. I promise you. Hey, it's your first start. Hey, imagine, imagine sitting in your locker and you say, "Hey, it's your first start," and uh, it's your first start. And you've got to go to the horseshoe and it's gonna be an absolute shit show. That's so in. yeah, this is also offensive of linemen. Yeah, this drift in Notre Dame's uh Notre uh, Dame's fifth ranked fighting Irish is uh their offensive of lineman Jared Patterson, is gonna be out. So I, I really do feel like this is gonna be an absolute beatdown. If you ever had your lunch money taken from you, it's gonna be much worse than that. So uh, <laughs> I think no I think Ohio State I think there's a, there's a huge variance in pro football focus. You have to align. And I think that the odds makers know something, and they're trying to trap you. So avoid, avoid Notre Dame. we got a first-year head coach, Marcus Freeman. I think it's going to be a problem. And uh, if you ever had your teeth kicked in, well, if you have veneers, I would avoid this game. You don't want those to be a team.
1: Line. Yeah, I could definitely agree <laughs> with you there. Um, Notre Dame's always a team that seems to fall short in a big game, nationally televised game, and I'll take a head coaching change is going to really change that all that much. Um, like you said, first year quarterback starting on the road at the Horseshoe this definitely does not bode well for the Fighting Irish. Um, this is definitely a game I just want to sit back and watch. The plus 17 and a half, though, that, does, that is kind of begging you to take an order, Dan, because the public perception, the public better is going to be like, oh, you mean I could get Top ten team with seventeen points, albeit on the road. Let me hop on that bandwagon, but it's not—it's not a smart bet. If I were to bet, put a gun to my head, I would be taking Ohio State in this game. Um, I'll State definitely has a lot of talent, especially in offense with Nijit. N- what's how do you say his name? N- Jackson Nijigba <laughs> and CJ Stroud—they're gonna be a, a definitely a dynamic duo to to watch this season and a couple Heisman candidates. RJ, uh, what's the next game on your list here, buddy? Okay, guys. Let's, you know what? We're going we're gonna to free ball this year. We're going to actually free ball
0: this year. Give me one moment. You asked me for a hot take? Well, you know what? You're going to freaking get one. Who's in Oh, no, no, no. We're going to go ahead and go. We're going to go to uh, for our hottest take of the year. We're going to go ahead and look. We're gonna go ahead and look to uh, my favorite bed of the weekend. And I often do not go off the board. I often do not, but hear me out. So let's say you're Athalaysis State, you're in Boone, North Carolina, you're in Boone, North Carolina, you have a returning quarterback, you have a you have a head coach who's building something, and you have North Carolina who's trying to replace Sam Powell, who is basically a poor man. Who's a four-man's guy? Who, uh whoever was the progressive guy? I'm not quite sure what his name. Is. There you go. Yeah, I forgot his name. Anyway, it's, yeah, he's uh he's basically yeah uh, he's he's working progressive, but they're working him out. Anyway, long story short, we got Appalachian State. This is the biggest, absolute biggest game of their year. If you want, do not understand the correlation and the historical rivalry between these two colleges, Appalachian State is in Boone, North Carolina. North Carolina is in. They're on North Carolina. These are in-state rivals, right? North Carolina is replacing a uh, quarterback. App State is replacing no one. This is huge. They are going to absolute ambush. You're getting under a field goal. You're actually getting plus money with Appalachian State. You're getting a brand. You're getting an established quarterback. You're getting a team that absolutely needs this game. Appalachian State. This is nostalgia. And uh, long story short, they haven't played there since 2006. I think this is a big game for them. I think Appalachian State actually wins the game. All right. So if you can get plus money, let's do it. Um, go ahead and spike the ball. And if you're at your local bar, go ahead and pour all that beer on yourself because you can pay for it. It doesn't matter. It's Appalachian State. It's Boone, North Carolina. Woo! That's all Flair Country, baby. Let's
1: uh, go. Mac Brown could definitely be on the hot seat if they lose at Appalachian State to open the season. Not necessarily saying he'll he'll get fired after the game, but his hot seat will definitely be getting warmer. All right, next game on my list here is LSU at Florida State. Although it is a uh, neutral site game, um, new head coach Brian Kelly from coming over from Notre Dame. Uh, those questions at quarterback. You know, who's the starter? Is it Miles Brandon, last year's starter, Garrett Neusmeyer, or is it Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels? I don't know. Brian Kelly knows, but much like Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, he's not gonna announce it until game day on Sunday. So, which quarterback gives LSU the best chance to win? In my opinion, I like I've liked Jaden Daniels ever going back since going back to Arizona State. He's flashy. He's he's still a bit raw. He makes. He does make critical mistakes, but I've just like the style of his game. And I, in my opinion, he provides the most upside for his offense. Um, and he does have a, a top college football receiver to throw to in case sean who's, who's back from ankles in from his ankle injury. He suffered last season. Uh, he's highly regarded as a number two wide receiver in all college football this season behind Jackson Njigba in Iowa state. Um, this, Offensive line was one of the worst last seasons, but they got newcomers Will Campbell and Traymond Shorts to come in and hopefully solidify and improve that offensive line. Uh, it could take some time for them to gel and find and hit their stride. Um, they do bring back uh, leading rusher Jerome Healthy, who's back and healthy this season, and they have Oklahoma transfer Trey Bradford, who will be in, who will be in the running back rotation. Um, so this offense. Brian Kelly definitely has a lot of talent on his LSU team more so than he I believe he ever had in, in at Notre Dame um I I we I spoke very highly of lSU in our college football preview and I am still very high on them they win total is six and a half I I, I picked the, I bet them they get to hit the over um I feel like they start out strong here with with the game at Florida State you know Jordan Travis is returning um you know they're also Florida State's bringing back uh, their leading rusher Deshawn uh, Cor- Corbin is gone, uh, but Oregon transfer Trey Brinson came is ready to take over that that uh Spartan that um Florida State backfield. They have they do have a veteran the uh, Florida State they have veteran defense, but not much talent to go around there. They lost Jerome Johnson, the leading pass rusher last year, to the NFL is now with the Jets. Um, I just like LSU in this one. I think this being a neutral site field in new orleans in louisiana lsu should have the majority of the crowd behind them and that should help lift them to a victory here they are slight favorites in this game i think it was uh minus 3 but much like the other money line i took with uh utah i'm taking lsu money line minus 155 as well on this one i just think this this defense is a, this is a retooled defense and especially in the secondary a lot of new faces in that secondary through the transfer portal. But they are talented and I look for them to get to to um kind of gel and, and find the groove against Florida State here and get the get the opening weekend victory here. So I want to know. Any thoughts on this game here for you?
0: Well, I can I can definitely tell you that I don't believe in FSU. I don't believe in the conference at all. I think there's there's been a mass exodus of players, leaving FSU. And in the exact opposite, LSU had a mass mass exodus of players coming in. So uh, long story short, Pro Football Focus has this as uh, minus 3.5 at LSU. And the current line seems to be 3.5. But however, it's not factoring in the fact that home field advantage is huge. This game starts at 4 o'clock. This game is, at night, LSU is a bad fucking team. Also, Brian Kelly, if you don't understand the SEC, I would suggest you research the SEC. Um, if you're a first-year head coach and you're trying to prove yourself, you're getting paid X amount of $5 million minimum. And you need to make a statement. So you need to win convincingly. And I think that LSU does that. I think LSU has some of the best athletes in the country. And FSU just doesn't anymore. No one wants to go to the SEC. This with the NIL. So, uh, long story short, LSU is going to be coached up. They're going to balls out. And uh, three is a really, really soft number. And I think that FSU is a, a team on the decline. And the team that's probably going to leave the ACC <laughs> within the, uh, the next couple of years. So, uh, getting LSU at night, uh, as a kid that's been there in 2002, at a night game, those Baton Bruce kids, those, those Baton Rougeiers uh, are bad motherfuckers. Bat, Baton Rougeiers, they've been drinking all day, and uh, quite possibly they are the most destructive college football fans on the planet. So, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to bet against them. I think LSU wins by ten to twenty here, and it's pretty easy to cover. So,
1: uh, yeah,
0: yeah, the line here is not even factoring in how loud and obnoxious Louisiana's can be. So, uh, give me LSU, I don't care up to six. Uh, I really don't care. Bye.
1: Yeah, uh, this is this Florida State team is is a team that lost to Jacksonville State last season, and if anything, they're marginally better this season. So Florida State's an easy fade for me in this game, and I'm ready to back LSU. But I just want I would be more confident in it to take the minus three if it was if it was a few games in the season, but but opening week in the season, I kind of wanted to play it safe and and get a feel for for the Tigers before I'm ready to back. And give up some points. Uh, that does it for my list, actually. Like I said, I only had five bets. So I like to pick my spots first couple weeks of season. Do you have any more games up on your list here?
0: Yeah, long story short, I, think, uh, I actually think that I really love uh, Syracuse here. I actually think uh, Syracuse is live at home. I think, uh, you know, Satterfield is building a uh, great program here at Louisville. However, I think, you know, Babers is a bad, uh, bad son of a gun. I think he should have his team ready. I, uh, you know, every, every, every data analytical that I can point to says that Louisville's in a role, but anyone who's gambled for more than five minutes knows that data is only so good. So, uh, you know what? Give me, uh, give me Syracuse plus four and a half. That's, That's actually my best of the weekend. I'm going to give you, give me Syracuse. I think the Carrier Dome is a, a horrific place to play. Give me Syracuse plus four and a half. I think it's very play. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's where we're going. Yeah, uh, I don't
1: really have any thoughts on that game. What's the next one up on, on your list there?
0: Other than that, I uh, I think App State and Houston are probably the two best bets to go. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, rapid fire all my best bets in case the listeners are running out of ink here. <laughs> uh, we're gonna yeah we're gonna go with UGA uh, minus seventeen. We're going to go uh, Utah minus two and a half. We're going to go ahead and roll with OSU minus 17. We're going to roll with Arkansas minus six, App State pick. And Houston, which we have not spoken about with Clayton Tune and dated, uh, Dana Holgerson, running the show. We're going to lay the four. And uh, that's uh, that's where Uncle Chet's land this weekend.
1: All right. Any other thoughts there? I've, I'm pretty much wrapped up.
0: That's it. Yeah, I wish the Braves could win a game against a uh, sub-500 team like the Rockies. But other than that, yeah, I'm going to keep drinking.
1: Yeah, all right. That does it for us for until probably September September 12th. I'm taking a little birthday vacation here for a week starting tomorrow. So i got to figure out a way to get you guys picks for next week. But that's for me to worry about. Um, yeah, hopefully we – let's all grind out a profit this weekend. What do you say, Uncle Chet?
0: Yeah, sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll somehow uh, – I'll meet you on Matterhorn, man. It'll be fun
1: <laughs> Yeah, all right, man. That does it. Uh, hopefully you guys, like I said, grind out profit, and we'll talk to you guys in – what is it, like 10 days? All right, happy betting, guys. Enjoy College Football Week 1. See ya.